Hi, and welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off podcast. We are Katie and Beth, PAs and doctors of medical science who are here to help you get accepted into PA school, get through PA school, and then have a thriving career as a PA. So if you're a pre-PA, a PA student, or a physician assistant, then you are in the right place. We are so happy you are here and so excited for your future. Before we get started on today's exciting episode, we want you to take a deep breath, close your eyes, and imagine the day when you finally and confidently submit your CASPA application, an application that you are super proud of and that sets you apart from the thousands of other applicants. Then imagine the day you open your inbox and you see not one, but two, then three invites to some of your favorite PA programs. Then imagine your interview day. You go into your interview confident in your answers and confident that you are a competitive candidate. You crush your interview and wow your interview panel. Finally, imagine the day you receive the email, the one you have hustled for so hard and for so many years, the email that says, congratulations, you were accepted into PA school. This can be your reality, and our entire mission is to help you get accepted to PA school as quickly and painlessly as possible. Through our years of working at PA programs, reviewing CASPA apps, and interviewing candidates, we saw so many applicants make mistakes that cost them an interview or acceptance into PA school. We don't want this to be you. We will mentor you and guide you through the overwhelm of applying to PA school, creating a competitive application, and nailing your interview so you can finally get accepted. We show you exactly how in our application to acceptance course. Check it out in the show notes. Where will you be in one year if you don't take action? Don't waste your time and money reapplying. Charge forward and go all in on your dream of becoming a PA. You are so close. Don't stop now. Let's get you accepted. Again, check out the application to acceptance course in the show notes. Now on to today's episode. So today we're talking about all about how to pay for PA school. If you've done any research on PA school, you know it can be expensive. Tuition is steep and it gets more expensive every year. You still have to think about living costs. You have to think about costs for rotations. You have to think about medical equipment. And a lot of schools don't allow you to work or at least recommend you don't work. I remember when I started PA school, I actually had to sign something saying that I would not work outside the program. And the reason for this is because PA school is very, very strenuous. It takes a lot of your time and attention. And if you're trying to hold down a job and go to PA school, you can get yourself into trouble. And the last thing your program wants is for you to fail out of PA school because you were trying to work your way through and didn't have enough time to focus on your studies. So as I said, some schools really don't want you to work and some just recommend you don't work. But I promise you, you're going to be super, super busy. And if you're trying to work on the side, it's going to be very, very tough for you. So then how do you pay for PA school? A lot of PA school tuition is over a hundred grand for the 27 months. And so it can be very, very steep. So there are a couple of options. Option number one is maybe you're part of the military and you can get the military to pay for your PA school. So I did go to school with someone who had a military background and was able to get the military to pay for the PA school. So if you're part of something like the army or the navy, etc., see if they will pay for your education and that can be an amazing way for you not to owe any tuition. And a lot of times the armed services will even give you a stipend to live on. They'll give you a stipend for books. They'll give you a stipend for housing, for rent, for all that type of stuff. So if you're in the situation where you're in the military, consider thinking about having the military pay for school and then whatever obligations you are required to pay back after they pay for your school. So a lot of us military isn't really our option. We're not in the military or we're not thinking about joining the military. So what can we do? Well, I want to tell you right now that I'm not a financial planner. I have no finance degree or anything, but I did have to pay for my PA school via student loans. 
And what happens is you fill out a FAFSA just like you do for undergrad. So if you had to take out student loans for undergrad, you're familiar with the FAFSA. Now the FAFSA is free to fill out online and you fill it out the very same way as you would for undergrad and you just basically tell them where you're going and then the federal government will offer you student loans. And when you start school, you'll have the option to accept all the loans, accept part of the loans, um, etc. in order to help pay for your tuition and other expenses. Now, for some people, they might not get offered enough depending on what situation you're in. For example, maybe you have to cover childcare or something else like that. And then you can also go to private loans. You really need to be careful with private loans though because a lot of times the interest rate on private loans could be very variable. So you wanna make sure that if you do have to go the private loan route, make sure you really have a good idea about what interest is gonna be on these loans and when they're due. So student loans is probably the most common way that we see our students pay for PA school. The thing about student loans is that there's two types of loans. They're subsidized and unsubsidized. And so again, I'm not a financial planner or financial analyst or financial aid worker, but this is just what I've learned with trying to pay off my student loans. So the subsidized student loans basically means that they're not accruing interest while you're in school. But the unsubsidized student loans means you are accruing interest while you're in school. So I would always make sure I would take out the maximum amount of subsidized and then whatever else I needed above and beyond that are gonna be my unsubsidized loans. And the reason for that is because if you can imagine you're in school for three years, that's a lot of interest accruing on those loans. So you wanna try and take the subsidized loans first because they do not accrue interest. So those are two ways you can pay for PA school while you're in PA school. Other options are to get scholarships. So for example, the school I went to at that time did give scholarships out for any student entering any graduate program who had a certain GPA. I think it was a 3.5 or above. They basically waived out-of-state tuition for four semesters. Now my PA school was actually seven semesters, so it really helped me with the first four, but since most graduate programs are only four semesters, that's as long as the scholarship lasted. However, with that waiving of out-of-state tuition, it was actually cheaper for me to go out of state to this school than it was in state because at that time, the only schools in my state were private schools and they were very, very expensive. So any kind of scholarship is really, really gonna help. And again, I got this through the actual graduate school of the university, not the PA program. So any sort of scholarship or anything like that out there is going to really, really help. And of course, if you have any family members or if you have uh, a lot of savings. We have had some students have actually paid cash um, for their PA school career, but that is very rare because you'd have to have a significant stockpile of cash in order to pay for PA school. So those are a couple options to pay for PA school. So what happens, let's say you have to get student loans or you get loans from family members or private loans, whatever. After you graduate from PA school, there are some options to help pay these loans back. Okay, one of the first options is income-based repayment. So basically what they do is they take a percentage of your actual income and you pay that to your loans every single month. So the higher the income, the higher amount you're paying, right? And this is to really help people who have kind of lower income. So for example, if you have a lot of student loans and you come out of undergrad and you're only making $35,000 a year, well, you probably can't afford to pay $4,000 a month on your student loans, right? And so they do income-based repayment, so it's the same for everybody. So everybody pays 8% or whatever it is of their income, whether the income is 35,000 or 350,000. So income-based repayment, you know exactly how much is due 
and it's based on how much you make. And as you grow in your career and perhaps you make more, you get bonuses, et cetera, that amount will increase. So some students do tend to go with income-based repayment. Another type of repayment you can do is there are some public service loan forgiveness type programs. And what this basically means is that if you work for a nonprofit for 10 years and you make all 120 of your loan payments, so that's one payment a month, right? For 10 years would be 120 payments on time, then basically they forgive the rest of your loans. And this sounds really, really good at first, but you have to be very careful with this. So one, you have to work at certain places. You can't just work anywhere. You have to work at some place that's considered nonprofit or considered part of this public loan service forgiveness program. And if you even miss one payment for one for whatever reason, you're late, you don't have the money, you have something going on, then you don't get this forgiveness. So yes, if you work at the same place for 10 years, and you pay all 120 loan payments on time, and they do forgive the rest of your loan. The problem I see with this is you can ask around and not many people are at the same place right out of school, right? So I know that I'm not the same job that I had right out of school 10 years later. And so if you really think you're gonna stay there, this might be an option for you. But if you think, hey, after a couple years, I might wanna move, I wanna do something else, then the public service loan forgiveness isn't gonna work as well for you because you have to make certain you're working for a nonprofit or something similar in order to qualify for this program. And again, you have to do that for 10 years and you cannot miss a single loan repayment. So another loan repayment service is the National Health Service Corps. And basically with that is you agree to usually a two-year commitment somewhere. It's usually an underserved or rural area where they need providers. And you say, hey, I will work there for two years and they'll pay off part of your student loans for you. So the good thing about this is, is when they pay off your student loans for you, you don't have to claim that as income. So let's say they pay off $50,000 of your student loans, for example, over two years. Well, that's actually better than making 50,000 more a year. And the reason for that is if you made 50 grand more a year, you'd have to pay taxes on 50 grand. But since they are paying 50 grand on your student loans, it never actually comes to you. It's not your money and you don't have to pay taxes on it. So again, this can be a really, really good option if you're willing to go to anywhere to maybe a small rural community or an underserved community that needs help, they can pay off part of your loans for you. All right, another place or service that will help you pay off your loans is the Indians Health Service. And it's very similar to the National Health Service Corps. Basically, you agree to work on Indian reservation, either in the lower 48 or sometimes even with the native Alaskan population, just depending on where they need you. Again, it's usually about a two-year commitment and they usually pay off some of your student loans. So if you're willing to work in these communities that really, really, really need healthcare providers, this can be an amazing way to pay off a huge chunk, if not all of your student loans. It's also really, really important to note that when you get out of school, you need to figure out what the interest is gonna be on your loans. So the interest on graduate loans, at least in my experience, was a lot higher than my undergrad loan interest. And so if you ever have a chance to like refinance your loans to a much lower interest rate, then you need to consider doing that. So just like people refinance the mortgage on their houses to get a much lower interest rate, if you can get a lower interest rate, refinancing your student loans might be right for you. Because the problem is, is that sometimes people have taken out so much student loans and the interest is so high that every time they make a monthly payment, they're not even paying off the interest. So they're never even touching the principal or the main part of the loan, right? So if you can lower your interest, then more of your money is going to the principal and you're going to be able to pay off your loan faster. 
So again, we are not financial gurus. This is just things that we have learned through our own experiences, through talking with students that might help you with your student loans. So whether you're going to have the military pay for your schooling, whether you're going to do scholarships and take out federal student loans or private loans, or whether you're going to decide, hey, I'm gonna help pay these things off afterwards by the National Health Service Corps, Indian Health Services, or the Public Service Loan Forgiveness, you know, everybody's in their own boat. The good news is, is you're gonna come out as a high earner, and even though you're gonna have lots of student debt, with really good financial planning and financial management, you are going to be able to pay this off, right? Because you're gonna be a high income earner, even though you might have a high debt as well. So I hope this really helped you figure out what you think you can do for PA school. Again, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's situation is different. So you're all gonna be in a different boat, but you just do need to have a plan about what you're gonna do, how much you're gonna borrow, what budget items you're gonna need. And the school that you go to should really, really help you with this. So most schools will have a typical budget on their website, the budget for housing, the budget for transportation cost, tuition, computer, all that kind of thing. And if you live with a roommate, yours might be less. Maybe you're gonna live really close to campus and be able to walk, so your transportation is gonna be less. Maybe you already own a lot of your medical equipment and scrubs, so it's gonna be less. Maybe you're gonna live with a friend or family member during rotations, and so you're not gonna have that type of cost, and it will be less. But it is a good gauge what they give on their website for you. So when you're thinking about what programs to apply to, you also need to at least look and see what the cost of the program is, because they do vary wildly. And that should be maybe not the totally deciding factor, but it should be a factor in deciding which schools you're gonna to apply to and which schools you're gonna to go to. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Where the White Coats Come Off, and we will check you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Where the White Coats Come Off. We are so happy you are here and so excited for all that your future holds as a PA. Before you leave, go to the show notes and download your free map to PA school. There are so many hoops to jump through and things to accomplish to even be able to apply to PA school, and it can be so overwhelming and confusing. So we created a map to PA school checklist that will tell you exactly what you need to do and when to do it, taking you from freshman year all the way to PA school. And don't worry, if you are already a few years in, you can totally catch up. The link to get your free checklist is in the show notes, so jump on it and get started. The sooner you start, the sooner you begin your dream career. We'll catch you at the next episode.